Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast, because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Go Bills. Go Bills. Just do the intro. Or skip the intro and just get right into it. I hate the intro, right? I like the intro. (laughs) I wonder how many people... How many people do do podcast intros kill? Because everyone's like looking down, skip, 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 skip. Yeah, I do that <laughs> all the time. John, three for three. Yeah, double tap, ten seconds. Oh, that's not long enough. Ten another ten seconds. <laughs> oh, I went too I far. I do at least a minute. At least a minute. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's one that you've seen before, then you know how long to do it for, right? Right. Yeah, when to start it. <laughs> and then, like you said, Nate, you got to back up. Yeah. I do the 30 seconds, 30 or 15 or whatever it is on Apple Podcasts, 30, 30. And then it's like, oh, crap, they're talking. Nah, I got to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crap, they're still talking. Oh, man. All right. I guess I got to go through this eight seconds of (laughs) BS. Yeah, totally. All the time. That being said, who's today's podcast brought to us by? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mike, since you asked. This episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at DeLago at the DeLago Resort Casino in Waterloo, New York, off exit 40, or off exit 41, rather, Route 90. You can't get that one wrong. Can't get that one wrong. So um, the Buffalo Bills beat the Jets 32 to 6, keep their playoff hopes alive. I, I put up this uh, this tweet and put it on Instagram or whatever. It was like that, that, uh, sopranos episode where silvio's like trying to make tony laugh and tony loves like when he does his impression of the godfather and albert you know he's like just when i thought i was out bring me back in <laughs> did you ever see that one okay that's there's a lot of blank stares at me anyway that was john and i are waiting till we're sure that they're not gonna reboot it they're not gonna do another movie we we, we want it to be know it's a wrap and then we're gonna start watching have you guys not seen the sopranos no, I'm waiting. Okay, okay. Mike's waiting. John, have you not seen it either, I'm guessing, based on what Mike I, said? Or... I've, I've seen some of it. Oh, jeez. You guys are like the Sopranos the way I am with Seinfeld. Eh, I know a little bit about of it. <laughs> but the Buffalo Bills keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, decidedly, very the, the offense looked good. The defense looked tremendous. Uh, you know, the way that you beat. The Zach Wilson-led team is to just get up by enough get, get up by enough scores that he has to pass the ball, and then it's over basically. Like you've won the game, 
And in this case, they benched Zach Wilson for who gives a crap. And then, you know, then he has two turnovers too. So um, a lot of love. John, how are you feeling after this game? By the way, I'm joined by my co-host, Mike and John, on this on this episode of Circling the Wagons, uh, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. John, how you doing, man? Doing good. The Bills won, right? Um, defense looked good as always. Special teams definitely improved since last week. Um, offense, it was there. I mean, I'm not going to expect them to move mountains six days after they fired their offensive coordinator. Definitely a lot more field goals and touchdowns, but, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll see how it goes. I was encouraged by the offense. I didn't think it looked great, but then again, this is a Jets defense that the Bills historically have not played well against. I mean, if you just look at, you know, the game earlier this season and last season and the two last season, like they don't, they don't usually put up a lot of points against the Jets. Like they usually like win them, uh, but they don't put up a lot of points. Josh Allen doesn't have his best game usually. Uh, and the I Jets are a good defense, man. Top five, no doubt. Like top five, top six, yeah, for sure. Does I mean, that mean if you say top six, that means they're six? <laughs> yeah, statistically. <laughs> Stop. I say top five, type six. I really mean top three. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, but yeah. like, what's the Bills' offense, right? And, and what should it be? Well, the Broncos' defense is like bottom twenties, <laughs> and they made. They made the Broncos defense look like the Jets defense a couple weeks ago. So yeah. I'll take anything at this point. It's a, that's the whole like week to week thing, right? Yep. And that was at home too, two weeks ago. This one was at home. Um, but the Bills didn't turn the ball over that many times. I think, I think the, would you say like the Gettysburg of the game, if we're going to talk about turning point was just like that opening kickoff where Gilliam hit the returner and knocked the ball loose. And all of a sudden the Bills got the ball at the Jets like 20 yard line. I, maybe if they score a touchdown there, but I like that's a huge, I would say, win for the defense, the Jets' defense. It's like I, I thought it was kind of deflating for the Bills to just go three field goals in a row. You can't punch one in. Mm-hmm. That was no, frustrating. I mean, on the other hand, the Jets never led, so like that could have prevented them from taking a lead on their first possession. But I don't know if it's really Gettysburg, really, right? When it comes down to it. No, I think I got a better Gettysburg, but. Yeah, that was it. Set the momentum for the game, or at least that the it felt like the Bills came out with a little bit more energy than they normally do. We'd always talk about the Bills starting late or not really getting their feet under them at the beginning of the game, and this week was different. It seemed like they came out with a purpose, and I don't know if that's just the firing of Ken Dorsey or maybe the special teams was pissed off after what a terrible game that they had the week beforehand, covering punts, covering kicks, then the twelve men on the field to end the game. Uh, but it, it seemed like that team had a lot more life, didn't it? Maybe it's a divisional rival too. Like that, that all plays into it. But in my in my head, in my linear, you know, very superficial, logical brain, I like to think it's because of the firing of Ken Dorsey. <laughs> but let's talk about the offense. Let's talk about Ken Dorsey versus Joe Brady. Um, things that you liked, things that you didn't like. I couldn't really find a lot of things I didn't like, to be honest. They had motion. That the the offense didn't look like. I mean, it didn't look great. Like I think John mentioned earlier, it didn't look great, but it didn't stall out completely. And you're just like, why is every inch so tough? Like there was an 81 yard touchdown to Sha- to Khalil Shakir. Like that never happened. The Bills scored 32 points. They haven't done that since week four. Like there's something to this, especially against a good Jets defense. It's really hoping for at least 35. Gotta be honest. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like um, I I noted the motion as well. I thought that was positive. Still a lot of shotgun, which I wasn't a big fan of, but you know, what are you going to do in six days? Um, I'd like to see more play action in the future. But yeah, I mean, 
They passed to a running back, though. That was kind of cool to see. We haven't seen that in a few weeks. Especially from a guy who was known out of college for catching a lot of passes. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons that you draft a guy like James Cook is so that he can catch said passes. Yeah. Mike, I didn't get to you specifically about this game. What were your thoughts on the game overall or or the offense or, or anything in general you want to go off about? Oh, it was a fun game start to finish. I liked how the Bills jumped out, but the only rub, I guess, was that they couldn't punch the ball in at the beginning. Um, but scoring on the six of the final eight possessions really um, punctuated the win for me, I think. Um, and t- to me, what I come away from this game with, um, I think we're all excited moving forward with Joe Brady and Rasul Douglas. I mean, unbelievable trade at the deadline like we were super high on him just by the reaction of Packers fans but now seeing him in a Bills uniform making play after play it's like wow yeah, I can't he, believe we got that guy I know I'm glad you brought up Rasul Douglas Mike because it was like two two interceptions a fumble recovery um the guy was just everywhere I mean the the defense I mean it was against Zach Wilson sure that can be said but like you know it doesn't mean the Bills have to have that many takeaways five takeaways in all in this in this win um they don't necessarily look that good the week beforehand but this is they look great i i agree i'm glad i mean if we we're gonna go do you if you guys want to do wall of fame wall of shame real quick because we're kind of breaking format with the way that we've done our podcast the last uh last few weeks no, it's better we- we're just going bang 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 what's on your mind <laughs> what's on your mind i i would give Razul douglas i had as my wall of famer i oh. i have him defensive player of the week <laughs> defensive player of the week of the nfl yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, like you said, they, they gave up a third, they got a fifth, like they basically gave up nothing for him. Um, and what a, what a player he's turned out to be. I mean, this is, this is the kind of trade now. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Please stop me from getting ahead of myself. But you look back, <laughs> you look back <laughs> when they're playing the super, when they're in the super bowl, uh, the confetti's coming down for the rafters. You're just like, man, it's a good thing. Brandon Bean made that trade. So isn't that funny though? Like what a difference your outlook on this team is just in general with like the way the offense is performing in like a top five way. I mean, they, they looked really good and it just gives you a different outlook. Now, would you wish that this would have happened like two or three weeks sooner if we were get this type of success? Sure. But with Burrow out with Watson out for the season, both of those guys out for the season, both ahead of the Buffalo bills, uh, with those guys out, the Ravens losing Mark Andrews for the season, their best pass catcher. Uh, it just seems like injury after injury. C.J. Stroud went down for a little bit today. I was like, oh, man, like, is this going to be another guy ahead of us? So, yeah. <laughs> if you want to do – here, I'll do stats of the game real quick. Wait, 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 wait. All right, so we're talking about uh, what, Wall of Famer? I'm going to give it to McDermott. Defense, single digits, six points. They've been playing great all year anyway. But to hold the team together – with what they've been through and like after firing the offensive coordinator and the team still playing well enough to obviously, you know, to, to pull out a win 32 to six against a division rival. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about the way that the defense performed week one versus the same offense, basically, it was nice to see like the bills uh, take advantage of injuries for once, because it feels like the last few weeks, like there'd be an injury on the opposing team 
and the Bills would not benefit from that whatsoever. It, it might as well have been like that player was still playing, right? Their backup right tackle or their right tackle goes out, Makai Becton, and all of a sudden, like the Bills are getting sacks left and right, like they're getting pressure. Like Zach Wilson doesn't have time to throw the ball; he's thrown it into the dirt every other play. Uh, team finally taking advantage of those things that were right in front of them this entire time. When I say, oh, what most impresses me is Rasul Douglas, you're like, oh, he's only playing the Jets. When John says, oh, McDermott, you all, oh, John, great job. It should be, oh, well, they're only playing the Jets. I did. I said that like as a small, like little aside, like, well, they're playing the Jets, but Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I gave him the wall of fame. Of course I like him. (laughs) Of course I agree with you. But yeah, John was just like, when I said, when I, well, when I was talking about my wall of famer, I mentioned they were playing a division rival. So that adds Mm. to it, right? I see. Yeah. Mike, who do you have on your wall of fame? Douglas. <laughs> You're like, I'm the one that first started the Douglas trade. Russell Douglas. Future. I mean, I can't even imagine. I don't know how they would even work it or fit it in, but could you imagine a secondary next season with hopefully a healthy Travis White, a Razul Douglas, and Christian Benford as their third, as their backup cornerback? Like, that's just wild. That's just an insane amount of talent on their secondary. So... But anyway, also on the defense, a, a shout out to Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd looked amazing. He looked like somebody put it up, I think, on Instagram. They DM me and they said, Leonard Floyd is what Von Miller was supposed to be. <laughs> that I was just like, I, I can't disagree with that. I, I, I think he's right. Also having uh, a sack today. Let's go through all those. Tyrell Dotson had a sack. He looked good. Uh, Terrell Bernard had a half sack. Ed Oliver... Had a sack. Shaq Lawson had a sack. What'd you guys think? Shaq Lawson had that really good sack, by the way. I remember that. But Ed Oliver's uh, hit on the that uh, roughing the passer call when he hit it. I mean, that looked like a that looked like they called it right. <laughs> he did, but it's a good play. He yeah, you uh, can't really. I mean, it's I, I've seen Milano do that, but like he like at the last second is able to like go to the side and not like land on mm-hmm. top of him. But like that's got to be so hard to do when your momentum's carrying you. So I, I can't blame Oliver for it. No, no, it was the right call, but it's, yeah. I could see them not calling it at the same time. Uh, what about Wall of Shame? Is there anything that, because last week there were a lot of Wall of Shame candidates. This week, it's hard to put anybody on the Wall of Shame. I mean, special teams looked good, looked much better from last week. It's like a 180. Offense looked good, defense looked good. This was a total team win. For once, coaching I think for the most part was pretty good. There was that Hail Mary at the end of the first half where, I mean, looking back at it, hindsight being 2020, terrible play. (laughs) Just Allen didn't even get it to the end zone in that pass. And the guy returned it. And you're like, is he going to return that for a pick six? (laughs) Like what's going on? But yeah, that whole sequence was a little weird. Like they, they saved that timeout for almost nothing. And they almost seemed like they were setting themselves up to do the Hail Mary instead of like getting closer than that to like get a field goal or something or yeah. maybe, maybe even a touchdown. Like, I mean, you've seen teams do it in 13 seconds. So like they had 45 seconds, right? <laughs> <laughs> not to, not to go there, but, <laughs> but really like that, that whole sequence seemed really bad. Getting and fat. then he did, and then he didn't even throw in the end zone after that. Like, I know he's got the arm for it. So like, you was throwing it to a guy, I get it, but like, shouldn't that guy been closer to the end zone? Yeah, it was frustrating because I think the Jets had a three-man rush, and they like immediately got to Josh, so he had to like run out of the pocket and flush and throw. But yeah, you're right. He didn't make it to the end zone. It's like, well, what's what's the point even? Would you think he was going to catch at the 10-yard line and re- somehow run in with eight defensive backs waiting for him? 
That's what they should do. They should have some guy catch it at like the eight yard line, pass it across the field to the one guy that's wide open there. That could be an offensive coordinator. So yeah, anyone anyone on your wall of fame guys? Or wall of shame rather? Well, I think as fans we have to we I don't want to sing Brady. I want to say Joe or Joe Brady or offensive coordinator Brady Joe Brady. <laughs> so to differentiate between That's all. I just don't like yeah. It gives me a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. No no offense to offensive coordinator Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Joe Brady, but I just don't like the last name. It's negative connotation. Yeah. Well, it'd be the same thing. So we got to decide on something. Be the same thing if his last name was Belichick. It'd be like, ah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Jeff Belichick. Like, ah, uh, why did it have to be Belichick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you could call him Brady, not the cheater Brady or something. I don't want to call him Joe B because that's like Joe Burrow, right? Joey B. Or Joe Biscale, yeah. Or Joe, yeah, Joe B, Joe Biscale, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joseph. We should just call him by his government all the time, whatever his middle name is. Let's find out what his middle name is. <laughs> Let's find out his social security address, social security, his address, mother's maiden name. Um, That's yeah, just I, something I think we have to figure out going forward. Yeah. Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Joseph, in. Joseph F. Brady. <laughs> Joseph freaking Brady, right? Today looked amazing. It was just, it was so cool seeing like what an offense looked like that, it felt like, again, not perfect, like we mentioned, but, man, they got their crap together, especially in the second half. They looked really good, um, at times unstoppable. I mean, running the ball even. Like, they looked they looked like a different team running the ball. Now, they looked good last week, but um, against a, such a better – I mean, this Jets defense is so much better than the Denver Broncos defense. Like, it is not close. Like, the, the, the Broncos had, like, the 32nd best run defense. And the Jets have one of the best. One of the best so much that they were yelling at each other on the sidelines because of how much the Bills were gashing them. So much that Sauce Gardner was like getting uh, roughing, well, not roughing, uh, unnecessary roughness penalties because he was getting so frustrated how the Bills were beating them so badly. Yeah. How about Ty Johnson? What was he, like fifth string running back? I was just going to say, who is he and where has he been? Ty Johnson, revenge game. Revenge game for Ty Johnson. He's a former Jet. I think we've seen him in the past. I don't think he's been a starter, but like a complimentary back. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's why, like, I was, I was talking to your thing. I'm like, that's why I was so mad during the drought that the Bills would draft all these first round running backs or trade for LeSean McCoy. I'm like, I get they're great, but like, also have Ty Johnson, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's so people are wondering why Leonard Fournette isn't playing or isn't active, and I was kind of wondering the same thing too. But I think they only get four call ups from the practice squad until they have to get signed to the active roster. And maybe they're just saving those for either the playoffs or if there is, you know, God forbid, another injury where they need to call him up, you know, so you kind of use them sparingly up until then or save them for a deep run. Maybe we'll see how much different John. So like we weren't in a good place last week. How much different is your, we did that, you know, Ken Dorsey firing podcast episode and you were feeling much better after that, after you saw that and then combined with, you know, how well Joe Brady has taken over. I mean, he just seems like a different guy. I mean, you have you have a guy like giving high fives to the staff saying, fuck yeah, like to everyone, you know, screaming in the booth. And then you have Ken Dorsey, who's just kind of like, kind of reminds me of like a math teacher or something like, you know, except when he wigs out and like <laughs> hulks out in the booth, like, right? Like this, they, they seem like completely two different demeanors. And that was the big thing that everyone was taking away from the press conferences is Ken Dorsey's much more reserved. 
He's much quieter. And Joe Brady, like he's out in the field, like giving guys high fives and almost chest bumps on the practice field. Like this is a much more, he's a much more animated guy. Um, they sound, they kept talking about Josh Allen talked about how much, how positive he is in, in the way that he carries himself and the way he talks and stuff like that. Just the kind of person he is. And not that Ken Dorsey wasn't positive, but at the same time, like just differences, right? Like he's not as positive maybe, but John, where are you at? I mean, for me, what it boils down to is there's been some issues not specified to necessarily one person, but I think that the majority of that was Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey. <laughs> so over 50% of the problems, probably a lot more than that was Dorsey, in my opinion. So part of it for me is addition by subtraction, but we don't necessarily know what we have yet in Brady. Like I know he's had experience in Carolina calling plays. Offensive coordinator Joseph Brady. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes the rest of the season, and if they decide to make it permanent next year or go for somebody else. I mean, they got a lot of tough games coming up, so it's really they make the playoffs and make a run at it, and probably going to stick with them, right? They'd have to because they they'd have to score that many points each. Like you look at their schedule, I score a lot of points. To, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, win those I'd, games exactly. If they can, if they let's say they lose, where do they play next? The Eagles, right? So if they finish that game and the Bills lose, but the offense looks good and they lose for like other reasons, again out of the offensive coordinator's control, like turnovers or something like that. Like if it's thirty five, thirty two. I think that's still a good week for. Joseph Brady, right? So I think it, it if depends. We... Like a lot of it's like we call it the eye test for players a lot of the time, but like you can see the play calling in the scheme and like in the right situations, does it make sense and and this and that. And I think that's part of it too. The eye test for sure, for sure. I so let me do stats of the game real quick. Stats of the game brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. Josh Allen, twenty for thirty-two, two hundred and seventy-five yards, three touchdowns, one interception. So a great game by Joshua F. Allen. James Cook on the ground. Captain Cook, 17 carries for 73 yards. Latavius Murray, 10 carries for 35 yards. Josh Allen, 5 carries for 15 yards. And Ty Johnson, 3 carries for 11 yards. This is someone that I probably should have given an, an honorable mention for when we were putting uh, folks on our wall of fame. And that's Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir was a leading receiver for the Bills today with that 81-yard uh, touchdown pass. Uh, he had three receptions on four targets for 115 yards and one touchdown. Ty Johnson, which we mentioned earlier, which you guys liked, three receptions on three targets for 47 yards and one touchdown also. The guy looked great. Dalton Kincaid, six receptions on seven targets for 46 yards. James Cook, three receptions on four targets for 29 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown at the beginning of the game. Um, and that's about it for the Bills. Zach Wilson, seven for 15, 81 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Man, that was a rough, that was a rough stat line. Brees Hall, the leading rusher. Brees Hall, who normally like destroys the Bills, had 10 carries for 23 yards. That's it. And up until like, I think the second half, he had like 10 carries for zero yards. Like the Bills were handling their business on defense all the way around. It was just in receiving the ball, Brees Hall had five receptions on six targets for 50 yards and a touchdown. And he was the leading receiver for for the Jets. I mean, even Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson had two receptions on eight targets for nine yards. 
Do you think we get to see Shakir out there more? Like Gabe Davis, like that would be my one thing. This game, like Gabe Davis completely disappears. Yeah. Is it time to get more wide receivers involved? Like, I think we agree that would be a big need in in the upcoming drive. Like we have to address that position because Gabe Davis just disappears for stretches at a time. But will offensive coordinator Joe Brady get some of these other guys in the game? That's like a, we saw today, like I was very encouraged. That's a good point. Like Davis isn't going to resign whether he's good or bad, right? They're not going to have the money to resign him anyway. So it might why, now after he had zero targets tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, but would like, you want him for like the bare minimum? <laughs> I like, take him for the bare minimum. See, see what see what you have. I'm done in Shakir and Hart. You just got Hardy and Sherfield. I know Sherfield's got hurt too, but see what you got in all these guys that you brought in. I love them all. The Shakir 81 yard. I mean that's contention for play of the game right like the Jets only rushed three on that they dropped everybody else back and Allen still got the ball to Shakir and he ran it the rest of the way everybody else was back there mm-hmm. he bought he beat Sauce Gardner I think even yes he did he did absolutely Sauce was pretty saucy after that play <laughs> um <laughs> thanks did he drop Diggs after that I think it was after, after that, that. Right? I think so yeah Diggs was quiet today yeah Diggs, Diggs like statistically but I, I one of the points for sure. Um, and I know that's what you meant, but I would say like, I'm encouraged, like, even though he wasn't getting targets, like he was super into the game. Like, oh, for sure. Cheering people like running, like celebrating. Yeah. Like it seemed like the team as a whole unit was back. That's one thing you can say about Diggs is that he never seems frustrated or upset. At least the times that you see him frustrated and upset, it wasn't, it's not because the bills are doing well and he's just not getting the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Winning solves everything, right? Like that's, like, if I'm not getting the ball, I'm not getting my 100 yards and a touchdown. Then somebody else better be getting that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not that we're all stalling out completely, right? Although I still think that they should include him more. But, yeah, Mike, I'm glad you brought up Gabe Davis because <clears throat> Gabe Davis is this year's version of me. I like him. I don't love him. So, like, it was Tremaine Edmonds for before that for me and Dawson Knox. It's just, like, I could I could let him walk easily. Like, people, I, I've heard rumblings that the Bills want to re-sign him. You know, this season, like they want to make that priority. I don't see why. Um, I think he has his moments, but Khalil Shakir has his moments too. Once you freaking get him involved, so what's the difference between him and Shakir right now? Yeah, Shakir is only inconsistent because of his opportunities. Like he only has so much percent of the target share. Exactly, or, or even the plays that he's on the field. Right? I'd argue. Would you argue at this point he's their third best receiving option? It's Diggs, Kincaid, and then it's Shakir, right? Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd agree with that, and I'd like to see more from Hardy, to be honest, too. Just, to, but he's not on the field either, so like you can't even judge it. I'd like them to use him like a Tank Dell sort of guy, right? Like where you see CJ Stroud always, and Tank Dell that was his big knock because he's only five foot nine. It's like, well, that does not matter for Tank Dell. He looks amazing on the Texans. What is with you and short guys, man? <laughs> You're not going to play in the NFL. <laughs> I have no problem with short guys, <laughs> but no, he can do it. Love them. Got, I know. I know. He's five. Hardy's five foot seven. Get him some balls. <laughs> it can be done. Get these little guys He's involved. Not big enough. <laughs> how, how tall was Steve Tasker when he finally got to play receiver? He was really good. He's five nine, just like you, right? <laughs> I'm close. I'm close to five nine. <laughs> close enough. I'll take five nine. You might be okay. too old to short, play. You might be too king. old to play in the NFL. He's a short king. He's a short king. Yes, he was. He was the original, <laughs> the short special team short king. 
Um, Super Bowl special team short king. He was the original. OG, Steve Tasker. No, Doug Flutie would probably be the OG of short kings mm. for the Buffalo Bills. We should do a segment, all short kings for the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. I think you covered them all. <laughs> this is like 10 seconds. I think I covered all of them in NFL history just that. Oh, yeah, and Darren Sproles. <laughs> Darren Sproles was like five foot six. I think he's the shortest NFL player I've ever heard of, I think of it. But it's always funny, like when people post, um, it must be like Tinder, but they post like their Twitter or Tinder conversations. So the girl, the guy will always be like, Hey, and the girl will always be like, how tall are you? <clears throat> and the guy will be like, Oh, I'm five, you know, five something. She's like, Oh, sorry. Like, or berating for not being six or no, 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 no. What happens is like the girl will say, how tall are you? And the guy will be like, well, how much do you weigh? <laughs> and then the girl like berates him. <laughs> How dare you ask me that? <laughs> the uh, the shortest player in the history of the NFL was Jack Shapiro, who played for the Staten Island Stapletons in nineteen twenty nine for one game. He was five foot one inch, <laughs> and he was missing both his legs. <laughs> he only played one game, but he played one shortest game. in nineteen twenty nine. But he's the shortest player in NFL history. He left that to go jockey a race he played, horse he, race. He played as a block Belmont. Blocking back in a thirty to thirty-four to zero victory over the Minneapolis Red Jackets. Who Maybe he was teams? like a Rudy though, and they just put him in at the very end. Oh yeah, <laughs> Rudy. What was his name Once again? it's like completely over, and he can have no <laughs> impact either way. Doesn't say. But <laughs> that was that was the crux of Rudy. Is it was like there was a good story behind it, but when you look at the great the big picture of it, it was like. Who cares? What did he do? <laughs> like, I thought you would have thought by the way that this movie went that he was like led the, you know, college football rankings in sacks in Notre Dame. Like he went on one play that didn't matter because they were up by so much. And he sacked essentially who who's the Jets backup quarterback? <laughs> T. Wilson. Boyle? Boyle? No, T. Boyle's a third stringer. Zach Wilson's a backup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> essentially, a Zach- Boyle is something you have excised. <laughs> Right, I won't. I, isn't that what a boil is? I, don't, I think so. I don't know. Luckily, that's have you guys ever had a boil? Like, I don't know, Mike. It sounds like you have. There's nothing wrong. I with got that. something. I got something. <laughs> I think I've boiled food before. <laughs> Mike's like, actually, while you guys are on the call with me, can you go check this out in the camera? Like, <laughs> give me your medical opinion. <laughs> so we agree. Like to bring it back, Gabe Davis. We're done with Gabe Davis. Okay. Yeah. It, it's kind of. He's the new Zay Jones. Like his rookie year was so promising. Like he had those in the play that playoff run. Like he had those like sideline toe taps and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. He was. He was. And those nice grabs, but I, I don't know what happened after that. He was. He was an integral part of the team for that part. You know, like just to get that, just to get to that level. I got something right before halftime. I, I kind of. I mean, I liked that they came out aggressive with under a minute. But the, and they were able to string some plays together, which which I thought was impressive, right? It seemed like um, Joseph Brady, unlike Darcy, could get to hit a couple plays and actually string them together. So good play calling there. But then when it got down to like, was it like twelve seconds? Like we it was we tried a, a sneak with Allen. You remember that? Yeah. When we needed a yard, and we I, it was like. Why not try a pass to get the first to to get in field goal range? It it kind of boggled my mind. 
Like the first down was completely meaningless in that situation. The Bills had the timeout. Yeah, that whole drive. Like just got to get in field goal range. And they and, the, and then they were trying for like the Hail Mary. Yeah, I didn't like any any part of that drive. Yeah, that was questionable. Like why, why just go? Because they could have gotten like another – hopefully like another 20 yard pass or something and then call yeah, the timeout 100%. really quick and then kick, yeah. kick a long field goal. Cause that's, right. I mean, kick a 60, 60 yarder at that point, right? Like who cares? Because it's the end of the game. As long as they don't return a hit for a touchdown, you're good. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, I yeah. agree. That's they wasted their time. They like, they held on to that timeout too long and it, like they just played to do the Hail Mary and then they failed at it because it's a Hail Mary. Yeah. And he also didn't throw it in the end zone. They like the receiver wasn't even close to the end zone. Like, what, why wasn't the receiver in the end zone? I don't get it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody was there except that Jets player. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. What do you? We didn't do sweet sassy molassy play of the games. What's what's your sweet sassy molassy play of the games for play, play the game for this this win over the Jets? I like the Shakir one for what I said before. The you know the Jets you know only rushed three, dropped everybody else back. He beat. Gardner, Ellen was on the money with it and secured the rest of the work. I thought that was great. Um, honorable mention, uh, Zach Wilson getting tackled by his own coach. That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's a good, I'm glad you brought that one up, Chad, because it looked at first like he was trying to like stop him from falling down, but then it looked like he kind of took him down with his other arm, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was like teach, teaching him a lesson, right? That's not what, not what you'd normally want to teach your your quarter your starting quarterback a lesson. Well, I mean, Salah back, backup quarterback, and then he got benched. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Salah is like a uh, he was he a former defensive lineman or something like that. He was probably used to that. He's like, I see the quarterback. He's like, I just got to close line him. Like that's yeah. the only thing I know. Easy takedown. I got to take it. I got to take down. Uh, I think from like is. Beautiful as that pass and the catch was, and then Shakir making the moves to get to the end zone. Uh, I think for me, the game felt it wasn't in doubt at that. So, so maybe pure aesthetics or, or football beauty, like I agree, but um, I really like the decision to go for it on fourth and one and then Ellen's pass to Ty Johnson when it like the game was still well uh, in doubt. It was 16 six, and then with the Ty Johnson touchdown, it was 622. Buffalo, so I thought that was uh, my play of the game. Yeah, that's what I was going to say to Mike. I was going to do the the fourth and one. I mean, just not only just getting the first down and keeping that drive because they were up sixteen to six at that point, and it was in the third quarter after the rough hail mary botch at the end of the half. And then, yeah, going for it on fourth and one, not only just getting the first down, but getting the touchdown, and including someone like Ty Johnson, who's you know not known for a heck of a lot. Um, they did miss the point after, but that play in general was was what put them over the edge and kind of like put it out of reach because then the Jets were forced to pass and they couldn't. So uh, I did like the 81-yard touchdown, though. That was nice to see. That was just aesthetics, like Mike said, but that was so nice. Those are beautiful aesthetics. It's also just- like what the Bills' offense should be, right? Like those big play things, and like you don't see that much out of them anymore. So it was good to see that. They not only don't get long passes, they don't get a lot of yards after catch or deep passes. I mean, they had everything really. Like that was it. They had everything in the offense that I felt like we've been missing since what the Dolphins game for the most part. Exactly. Um, so hats off to Joseph Brady for that. Joe Brady. Hats off to Khalil Shakir for stepping up when he got the opportunity. He did have that one drop, but it's like you know, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't in the most important time. 
where like Gabe Davis, you know, had one earlier and even Dalton Kincaid had one last week as well. Um, I, I want to give an honorable mention to that Razul Douglas interception because it did lead to the, uh, the first Bills touchdown in the second quarter, which was like key for that. You know, like he jumped that route, got the interception, um, and the Bills scored a, uh, Allen had a five yard touchdown pass to, I think it was, yeah, Cook, wide open James Cook on that play. That was, that was almost sweet sassy molassie worthy because it was like, it feels like the Bills, sure, they didn't score touchdowns with those first three field goals, but, it feels like every touchdown that they do score, they have scored since the Dolphins game, has just taken so much effort and so much crazy whatever. And here was a play where it was a botched coverage, but James Cook is wide open. Josh Allen passes the ball perfectly to him. He catches, walks right in for the end in the end zone. There were just so many things to like about this game from that standpoint that it just it was easy. It was easier. I won't say it was easy. I won't say the offense looked great. It just looked a lot easier. Was there a Gettysburg of the game? Would you call that Rasul Douglas INT the Gettysburg of the game? Yeah. The turn, turn, turning point of the game? Do, do, do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it. John, did you have a better Gettysburg? No, I don't I don't really think there's a Gettysburg. I think the Bills should have won from the beginning and they did. They were never behind. So Yeah. Cool. Well, those were well, those were sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I want some hot takes. Anyone, anyone jonesing for some hot takes out there? John, Mike, do you guys have a hot take real quick before I get into these hot takes? I do not have a hot take at current. Do you think Ken Dorsey, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, is Ken Dorsey happy or sad? <laughs> oh, man. That's a tough one. I don't think he cares. He's going to get another opportunity somewhere else, and that's the yeah, way it but is. Wouldn't it be it'd be cool to have a Super Bowl ring? Does he get one, even if he gets fired? Yeah. I don't think if he gets fired, right? Oh, yeah. He got him to five and five. He got past How the How could you not? Point. Hmm. That's a good question. 
Yeah. Does he get you mean, one? is he happy or sad is a good question. Not if he gets one. Like, I think anybody on the team would get one. At the team, at the end of the Like, team. if you got traded before <laughs> the trade deadline, you would still get a ring, like, if you played. I don't know. Do you? Yes. You do? The it, question is, would you be happy or sad? You're I'd be, getting one. I'm yeah, giving be, you one in the box. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'd be happy. I'd be getting a Super Bowl ring, and I'd be getting your job somewhere else. The, the winning- but it would be completely your, like, you got fired. The winning team can typically present any number of rings to whomever they choose, including including usually but not limited to players, active roster, inactive roster, injured reserve, coaches, trainers, executives, personnel, and general club staff. So, yeah, they could give them. They could do whatever they want. They could give one to OJ if they wanted to. (laughs) Like, yeah. I think. (laughs) You're telling me I'm getting a ring if I'm Dorsey. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, but. Yes, yes. Say, say you will. Say you get a ring. Yeah, for that. Would yeah, you want happy. that though? No, but John, I, you, I'd you sell would... it. <laughs> like fuck you guys, I can sell it. <laughs> I can yeah, see but the max you're gonna get is the ring that and the. What are you gonna get? Fifty grand? I mean, max. I mean, the guy probably... and your salary would is if if you get another head or uh, coordinator a job is a mill. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars is nothing if you're making a million a year. So, so the down like. Maybe we're viewing it too much in a vacuum. Like, if they're successful, you'd be like, ah, oh, I guess I was the reason holding him back all that time. <laughs> I almost cost him the Super Bowl. Well, it depends. Like, you're always associated it's, it, with it, that. It, I mean, it depends on the eye test. Like, if the offense looks the same the whole time and they win the Super Bowl, then it's like, they oh, won't, no. though, right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I If it was me, now, you guys know me. I'm, I'm pretty. I think you'd, you, in your selfish. I, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, though. No, let's see if John knows what I would say, because you seem to know. John, what do you think I would do, if you had to guess? We, do you think I would want the team to do well and win a Super Bowl, or do you think I'd No, want you wouldn't them? want them. No, fuck them. You'd want them to crash and burn. So you're like, I'm better, I'm better than Joe Br-. Like The Bills just nosedive yeah. after they get rid of, yeah. of, yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah, you needed me. <laughs> You pinned it on me. You, you made me the scapegoat. Ha ha. That's right. I hope you all get fired now. <laughs> hope the team moves to Austin. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'd be, but it's not up to me. I, I think, so I, looking at it from that vantage point, obviously, from personally, is I don't think he wants them to do well because then it was just proof that he wasn't a good. And right. if, even, even if they did win the Super Bowl and he decides he wants a ring, how do you respond to people? Be like, oh, cool. You want a ring? Yeah, I was the offensive coordinator for the Bills. Oh, that's cool. You like, cause people, not everyone knows this stuff like we do. Like probably 99% of the people that he meets that he shows a Super Bowl ring to have never even heard of him. Like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. You coach the Bills in the Super Bowl? Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they got rid of me. Has that ever happened? I guess so. So it wasn't, I guess not. Yeah. It's not even a question of the ring necessarily winning the Super. It's more like, do you want them to be successful? Because you're still, in theory, friends with a lot of people on the like True. up until last week. You, they were all your coworkers. It's, it's it, it would be the analogous situation if 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 you got fired from your job and you were friends with everybody. You do, you're you're all you striving wanna... towards that dream. Do you want that company to go bankrupt? I'm like, screw these guys. Or are you mm-hmm. like, oh, I hope they they're company of the year, <laughs> and everybody gets a fifty thousand dollar bonus or whatever bonus yeah you know it's interesting i guess it depends on if i left a job and then all of a sudden everyone did amazing at the job <laughs> at their job because i was gone <laughs> nate just talks too much he's, he's a talker at work <laughs> couldn't get anything done 
Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't think if it was just from a friend, do, do you think now you bring up the bigger John, maybe we need to make it more personal for John. John, if we voted you off this podcast tonight, <laughs> <laughs> would you want us to skyrocket to number one downloads or would you want us to get kicked off completely? Which like that's the well, you it, would want us to fail. It depends. Is it just you two or are you bringing somebody else in? <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to bring in a Joe Brady, obviously. <laughs> uh, that's true. What? If, well, okay. So if it was just Mike I, and I. Like, I'll speak for me. I would want you guys to fail so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> would it be funny if i named if 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 we got rid of you and we named the other co-host mike also so i would never have to change anything of like name mike and john at all <laughs> that would that would piss you off even more what if it was buffalo mike <laughs> they do that in sitcoms all the time they just bring in a new actor and they call him the same guy <laughs> Like Will Smith's mom in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Mike's replacement is, uh, yeah. They do it all the time? Sometimes. Well, they used to. They don't Back do it so the, much anymore. Back in the they? 80s. We just talked about Maggie Gyllenhaal versus Katie Holmes and Batman and Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. uh, they did it in Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the kids? Yeah, right? The daughter, yeah. The daughter. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Jeez, good memory, Mike. You just like that show because her name was Michaela, and Michaela sounds just like Mike. Love that they, show. <laughs> it'd be like us liking a name like like John, like Jonathina or something. I don't know if any John, Jonelle, or I don't know. There's no any female names that start with John, but yeah, <laughs> it did happen. But so you bring up the greater question, Mike. I think of just like when coaches get let go. Do they go into every job knowing, unlike us, unlike us, the, sh the people that just schlep into work every day, knowing that they will probably get fired at one point or another, right? Like that's like you, you said that when we, we talked about in the Ken Dorsey firing episode a few days ago, you're just like every coach that ever goes in knows that they will either retire or get fired from their job. Like there's no in between, like you will either, you know, stay there as long as you possibly can, obviously. But it will one day end in your resignation or firing. Look at Belichick. I mean, he'll retire possibly, but I mean, they're not going to keep him, you know, winning five and six games forever. So no matter how many Super Bowls you've won, does Ken Dorsey go into that knowing like this was what I knew going into it? Or does it matter how it's handled? Like he could he could easily be very bitter over the way it ended just based on the fact that he was kind of scapegoated for something that the bills that McDermott did wrong with the 12 men on the field. Right. I don't like, I think there's always going to be opportunities. And I think for all these guys, like in, in Dorsey's case, right. He was the quarterback's coach as Josh Allen became a superstar. So like teams are like, Oh, well, maybe we should look at this guy for offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach. And then he becomes offensive coordinator again later on, or like these things or goes to Cal like, there's there's a lot of opportunities there's been like if you look at any like resume of any coach that's ever been they've been to like all these different places oh as a offensive quality control coach at arkansas state and then i was quarterback coach here and then offensive coordinator here and the offensive coordinator there I was oh head coach here up oh, offensive coordinator here and then head coach there like there's so many opportunities like all over the country and these guys will catch on somewhere. And if they get in the right situation, they could be great somewhere else. 
So I, I don't know. And that's probably what he, like, if I was somebody in that position thinking that, hey, I think I've been doing good. I think there's been other issues. Or if I feel like I've been a scapegoat, then like, I'm going to like try that much harder at the next place and maybe you fit in somewhere, but maybe you don't. And it's just like the same thing with quarterbacks too. You could be a great quarterback, but you land on a really bad team with a bad offensive coordinator and the offensive lineman is terrible, worse than the league, and you get sacked all the time. Or you could be an okay quarterback and it's like, hey, I got a great coach, great offensive line, good running game, awesome receivers, and I'm looking pretty good. So a lot of it's situational, and a lot of it too is like the situation, how it presents itself to the specifically between the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, like you have to play to the quarterback's strengths. And I feel like Dable did way better job at that than Dorsey did for playing to Allen's strengths. Well, that's how Joe Brady got to where he is today because he was fired by the Panthers. And then he became the quarterback's coach for the Bills. And then he waited for a firing and then he got his opportunity again. You're right. I think he's just going to buy his time. You're right. I think that that's, that's his progression if he stays in coaching. What did you say he's going to do? Go coach. back to being a quarterback's coach. He's going to be a coach somewhere. <laughs> oh, something with his time? <laughs> Biding his time. <laughs> I think he said buy his time. <laughs> uh, I might have said that. Who knows? I've, I've, I've been known to slip up verbally before. Biding his time. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, it's not always an ascension up, was for what John's saying, which is a good point. Because that's how, I mean, look at Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson was a head coach of a Super Bowl winning team. He got fired. He, instead of going right back to being another head coach, he became an offensive coordinator somewhere else. Now he's a head coach of the Jaguars and doing great again, right? So I wonder what Doug Marone's up to. <laughs> Speaking of guys. Uh, it's funny. I was talking about the other day, like with somebody about like drug coaches and like Greg Williams and Mike Malarkey, Chan Gailey and Doug Marone and all these guys. And it's like, like every two or three years, or Dick Duran. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, <laughs> just makes you think. Like when people are calling for McDermott's head, which I get, but I'm like, do you not remember what we've had? Like the last 15 years, like before him, they were just. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can see the argument. Like to an extent, like at some point, <laughs> he is he's got to advance, right? But I mean, right now, I mean, I feel like he's been doing a good enough job. Yes. Especially after a 32-6 to six win over the Jets. Like, I'm, we're all yeah. feeling that way. If Not, he had lost, we'd be like, get well, rid of McDermott. Well, we, I'm, I think either way, we'd have to see how not only this year and next year plays out for McDermott. Because, like, at the end of this year, we got to see what they end up deciding officially for offensive coordinator, right? Technically, Joseph Brady is interim, so we'll see how he does. Um, maybe they'll keep him on. Maybe they'll go for somebody else. Um, they, they've, they have a few different guys that on their coaching staff that have called plays on offense. So they, they went with him. So we'll see how it goes. The bills this year though, it's in, maybe this is an indictment of McDermott. I agree with Nate. Like I remember the drought years and I like McDermott, um, but it's frustrating that they never win the close game. Like just look at the, the games this year. It's you blow them out by 25, which has been every game except the giants game. Or it's a heartbreaking loss. Like you cannot win a close game. So I don't know if that's on the team not being clutch, or if that's hey, this is the year do we lose a bunch, and or and maybe the first half of the year was the, we lost a bunch, and now we'll start winning the close ones. Or if it's 
hopefully it's a regression of the mean where we win half the close ones, but it seems the last couple of years we've just gotten crushed on the close games, right? It's the overtime loss to the Jets. It's the Patriots last second. It's the, the Denver game, 12 men on the field, the last play of the game when we had it won. Um, just There's definitely something to be said for in-game management, and there has been something lacking there under McDermott, even before he was officially the also calling defensive plays. And you always say, like, you have to hire somebody else, and I don't think – I'm still with McDermott. I don't know of anybody better, but – I don't know what needs to change or start winning yep. a close game. Like just looking back years, 13 seconds, the hell Murray, like every time we come out on the, the wrong end of it. So I'm looking, it does, it does in seem these coming weeks playing these, these powerhouses, powerhouse teams. Nate, I think Nate mentioned like the Eagles game. If it's close, like I want to see a close game come down to the wire and the bills pull it out. That's frustrating for sure. The- Man, now I think we should fire McDermott. <laughs> Uh, no, you're right. I mean, I think this year specifically, but last year they went 13 and three and those three games that they lost were by a total of eight points. So you can't telling me that I can't remember them off the top of my head, obviously, but they uh, must have won some close games. I mean, they were 13 and three and they they did not very good down the stretch. They, they won some close games last year. Yeah. So it's not, it's not all, they're not losing all close games. It just seems like that this year. But it's also compounding everything, including the injuries, including the offensive woes, including some of the special teams woes and all that stuff. It just f- maybe feels like it's as worse than it is, but probably subpar. I, I agree. You're right, Mike. At some point, you want to see a coach that you feel confident in in a big game will make the right decision like it felt like it felt like Belichick would always do with those close games, you know, um, in, in like the Super Bowl or AFC Championship games or whatever. It just felt like he knew before it even had to happen what he was supposed to do. Whereas at times it feels like McDermott is just like, uh, do this, <laughs> you know, and it's like you should know before it gets to that point what to do. And maybe he does, but it's the wrong thing to do at times this season. There's, there's, I agree. I, so I, I would like that confidence. I, I don't think it's just the season, though. I don't think it's just since he's been calling the defensive plays. Mm-hmm. I, I would argue that that's happened in previous seasons as well, You're right. particularly in the playoffs. So there's definitely something to be said for that. But I'm not willing to pull the plug on him just yet, as frustrating as that might be. But like I, I, there are some things though, which is which he's improved on since the first few seasons. Like going for it on fourth and one, he wouldn't have done that that first season or two. Like that was he was very conservative to start out with, and to his credit, he's been a lot more aggressive in that. And and we're always like, you know, go for it on fourth and like three, right from from you know the Bills' own thirty-eight, and he does for the most part. So, that, rem- that reminds me, at one point in the game, it was fourth and seven, and there was the whole, like, to just call timeout, and then the Bills are like, oh, we're going to we're gonna make you jump off sides, and then we're going to want... Like, that should have been a go-for-it play. And I've made this point before in previous games, the previous play where they just chucked it downfield should have been, we're going to go for it on the next play, so let's make this manageable if we don't get the first down. And they didn't do that. So it was very similar to what Dorsey would have done. I wasn't a fan of that. Granted, it's his first game doing it for the Bills, and he's, you know, been under Dorsey this whole time. So 
who knows if he, what changes he's going to make in the future, but that didn't look good to me. Yeah, good point. Good point. So it'll be good to monitor in the future. We'll be keeping track of that. Um, we didn't get into hot takes on Twitter. I want to read a few of these. Um, Luke Russert said, Luke Russert, son of Buffalo legend Tim Russert, he writes, they got a pulse, baby. I mean, they got a pulse, baby. Shout out to Luke Russert. I'm I'm in the process of re-listening to his dad's book on CD, Big Russ and Me. So he mentions Luke several times in that. So that's always good. Shout out to Luke Russert. And as always, go Bills. Big R writes, if offense looks competent against Philly, try to make Joe Brady full-time immediately. <laughs> Has that ever happened where they inked a guy after they just fired another guy, the interim head coach? Like, here's a three-year deal. <laughs> I mean, Philly's got a stout, stout defensive line. If the Bills do look good against Philly, that is definitely a step in the right direction. Bill Lasso writes, Ken Dorsey has been stump has been the stumbling block of Josh longer than we think. Josh had made has made leaps. People said he couldn't throw offseason training, but as a QB coach before offensive coordinator, Dorsey undid some of that. Maybe a stretch, but I think we are yet to see Josh's final form. What is a final form? Is that like a is that like Pokemon talk? Well, he's, final evolution. <laughs> well, he's in his sixth year, so like, is is he going to be like peaking at what twelve years or <laughs> when's he going to peak? <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll see it in year eight. I think at year eight's when. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hot take number two: Josh is statistically one of the best QBs in the in the last four years, but turnovers are hanging over his head. One: How many interceptions are a result of receivers tipping balls? And two: Would would we be having a different conversation if the Bills' D survives 13 seconds? Oh, man. I don't want to think about 13 seconds at this point. I get what he's trying to say, but hey, I, I get what he's saying, but I don't want to drudge up 13 seconds on this wonderful victory podcast. Joey Hanover writes, hey, I know you didn't ask, but Wall of Shame, Sauce Gardner, we beat that ass. <laughs> Jay Tang writes, very frustrating how little tweaks to the offense made it more productive. Yeah. It looks like, well, I mean, at least from the outside in, looking in, it didn't look like there was a lot. And Private Joker 2003 says the offense looks like they made things a lot easier for Allen. Six and five, Joe Brady season writes, Brady took Dorsey's bland playbook and added spice with pre-snap motion, more play action, and Allen under center. Yes. It was almost like that whole time. This is what, when I remember when um, Ken Dorsey took over the job from Brian Dable, I was hoping we'd get a better version of Brian Dable, right? Because that whole time, and I didn't love Brian Dable. I didn't hate him, obviously. I thought he was a, a good offensive coordinator, but I still think we could have improved on him. And I was like, okay, this is this is good. Dorsey's been looking at what Brian Dable's been doing. Take the things that work well from Brian Dable and then improve on the things that don't work well for Brian Dable. And then you get the best of all worlds. Maybe this is Joe Brady doing that with Ken Dorsey. He's taking all the positives. and I mean, there wasn't a lot of positives, let's be honest, but like, Taking all the negatives and, and making them better. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. I mean, you guys, I remember you guys were giving Wall of Shame to Dable some weeks while I was giving him Wall of Fame. Well, because he was which made terrible, no, which made no sense to me because I thought it was doing well and <laughs> the offense wasn't executing. And then everybody got bad, including you guys, when Dable left. <laughs> I didn't like, get that I'm mad. Like, Come on, I did. Now and now and then then we had the Dorsey debacle. I was pro Dable the whole way. You don't think we could have done better than Brian Dable? I like Brian Dable. I I was not mad when he left. I was like, ah, oh, this kind of stinks. 
because he left right as soon as like no, I remember. The best I remember ever. specifically there were games where at least one of you would put him on your wall of shame, and I put him on my wall of fame. Yeah, I don't remember that, but yeah, I believe you. <laughs> well, Brian Dable didn't get his shit together the year that he left until like game twelve, and then like they were unstoppable after that. But and of course that's when he leaves. But yeah. And Dorsey, I gave the benefit of the doubt for a little bit, but like after a while, I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, compared but, to, but but I mean, within a couple weeks after the Dolphins game, I was done. You didn't look at Dable leaving, and you're like, "They'll never find anyone better than him." No, but I didn't think Dorsey would be better than Dable. No, I didn't necessarily think that either. But I was hoping. I just hoped he would be. But obviously, I take Dable over, you know, that hot garbage pile in in a moment, but. Um, let's see what Joe Brady does. Colby Pleasance writes that INT Josh Drew was an arm punt. Saving close writes Davis posts his second blank stat sheet of the year. Mike, there you go. Is that from your burner? Saving close? Davis. He's like, Davis, what are we doing with Davis? Mike Graham writes Razul Douglas is good. Joe Brady seems to be good for this offense. Buffalo Rumblings is in. Buffalo Rumblings site. Bill's defense allows Jets to break their touchdown drought. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Andrew Freeman writes, how did we lose to this team week one? <laughs> yeah, Ken Dorsey. No, Josh Allen is the reason why they lost Oh, that's week right, one. Josh Allen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> let's get he that. had like three let's turnovers that. that game too. Let's get that. Yeah, let's get Josh Allen was solely responsible for the week one loss. Andrew, yeah, TJ Gaines writes, I don't want to read too much into it because it was Zach Wilson-led Jets, but Dorsey was the problem. Yeah, but this is also the defense that usually does pretty well against the Bills' offense. They're just schemed better for them for whatever reason. I wouldn't I wouldn't blame the defense for a single game this season. No, me either. Me either, John. I agree. Bob writes, not this year. Pissed away too many games early. Denver, New England, Jets. Ridiculous. That might end up being the case. That Denver game might be. So it's so funny because we'd still probably have Dorsey if the Bills won that Denver game. But like the Bills might be really good now. But the Bills might lose their chance of the playoffs potentially because of that Denver game. I think their statistics go up to 44%. I think they could run the table. I agree with Mike. I mean, this could be a blessing in disguise that they lost to Denver so that they could fire Dorsey. Although it could be argued that they could could have fired Dorsey a couple weeks before that. But you think they get. Sorry, John. Nope. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Could you think they get in at ten and seven? Yes, I think that's imminently doable. Aren't there? F- aren't all four teams in the AFC North have winning records right now? Well, no, maybe not the Bengals anymore. No, they're five and five now, right? So right, and Joe Burrow's done. So okay, so they're pretty and pretty much the done. The Steelers have Kenny Pickett, and the Browns don't have Deshaun Watson. Not that he was any good anyway. <laughs> no, but. So I'm not worried about any of those three teams. Only the Ravens, and they're going to win. So the that only puts anyway, like what so. six teams in front of us, seven teams in front of us max. So it's setting. I mean, up if perfectly. you beat, we we really have to hope that we can beat the Dolphins, and the Dolphins take a couple of losses because our best. Are we still only half a game behind the Dolphins? Let me tell you, uh, the Dolphins are seven and three, and the Bills are six and five. So not it's like a uh, a game and a half. Seven and three. Oh, because they haven't had a bye. Because they haven't had a bye. We oh, haven't had a bye. We haven't had a bye. Yeah. They have one more win and two less losses. Okay. That's confusing. Do okay. you guys see it? So our remaining schedule is Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. For me. Went out. Went out on the table. But in my mind, it kind of breaks down to, and maybe you guys see it differently, but Eagles, Chiefs, win one of two, 
And then the last four games went three of four and we're in. Yes. Is, do you kind of see it that way or do you? I could see. I think the Eagles are very winnable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about the Chiefs, but having the bye week before the Chiefs makes it even more winnable. Mm-hmm. I get that they're both away, but I don't think that Definitely. matters Definitely as winnable. much as it used to. Especially the, the Bills always beat the Chiefs in Kansas City in the regular season, it feels like, right? Like, And the Eagles will have a short week, right? They're playing the Chiefs t- uh, Monday night. Right, right. They get Dallas at home. Mm-hmm. They go to the Chargers, but the Chargers can be pretty wonky. Yes. Chargers are so mid. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're so mid. They're whatever, like the definition of means. mid. <laughs> whatever that <laughs> just, just know, John, even if you don't know what mid means, they're the definition of mid. Like, they're the NFL version of mid. Oh, I totally get it now. <laughs> and then pass and Dolphins, right? Yeah. That could be, wouldn't that be a fun week if it was... They're, if both the Dolphins and the Bills were ten and six, or like, or or if the Dolphins are eleven and five and the Bills are ten and six, because if the Bills win that game and they have the same schedule or the same record, it doesn't matter about division wins because the Bills have had the tiebreaker face to face, right? Or so what's the Dolphins' two. schedule look like? Oh, it's it's super it's easy. Bad. It's super easy. <laughs> they play the Ravens. I think that's the toughest one. Well, that's, schedule. A, that's a tough one. The Bills and the Ravens. Hold on. Oh, so that's two losses right there. They have the Jets next week. They have the Commanders the week after. Oh, the Jets are going to be so mad next week. They're going to be the Dolphins. Yeah, exactly. It's at New Jersey. It's at Washington for the Commanders. And then they play the Titans. It's just Titans aren't that good. And then they play the Jets again. Jets could easily pull one Honest, of those two Honestly, games. a lot of those games could go with Dude, way. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. The Bills got the Jets we... before Aaron Rodgers come, came, came back. Come yeah, back. and then he'll get injured again. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I think I heard him say that they had the bye week after Thanksgiving, and he said on the Pat McAfee show that he's supposed to come back for that Commanders game, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I feel like he's the same as Von Miller. He like, <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. It'll be good. Well, I'll be ready. Aaron Rodgers doesn't see another snap the whole season. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too worried about whatever Aaron Rodgers says. <laughs> so they play the Jets, the Commanders, the Titans, the Jets. And then they play the Cowboys like we do, and then the Ravens. So they would need to lose to the Cowboys, the Ravens, hopefully the Jets once, and find another loss in there. The question is, can the Bills win out, be 12-5, and five, and get the one seed somehow? So the Chiefs are we're three games back from the Chiefs. What's the Chiefs' schedule? Chiefs are 7-2. and two. We, play the, we play the Chiefs, so we yes. have the tiebreaker. Yep. So the Chiefs... It's it's not that tough. <laughs> I'll just say they have one of the easiest schedules left, it looks like. So they are playing the Raiders next, next week. Division game, though. You don't ever know. Besides the Eagles, sorry. You're playing the Eagles, like Mike said. Yep, you're right. The Raiders, it's a division game. The Raiders are always playing tough, I feel like. Hey, Eagles, Eagles are tough. Eagles, Raiders, Packers in Green Bay, so maybe. Packers are wild card. Yep. They're, they're kind of mid. Um, Bills. <laughs> the Bills. Uh... After that, then the Patriots, then the Raiders, and then the Bengals, and then the Chargers. So the Bengals one will probably they'll probably. But the Chargers play. always play the Chiefs tough. Yep, so. the Bengals always play the Chiefs tough. Bills too, can still get the one seed at twelve and five is what I'm thinking. I mean that the Chiefs would need to lose three three more, so one would be against the Bills and just right. Lose it's two only more. two other games. So the Eagles and then someone else. Yeah, exactly. Done. Chargers. Yeah. Who's Chargers? Who's- I got a qu- I got a quiz. <laughs> 
Okay. The Chargers, I I don't have the stats for this week. So prior to this week, the Chargers as an NFL franchise have won 482 games. How many games do you think they've lost? 482 games that they've played, how many have they lost? No, they've won 482. Oh, how many have they lost? Um, 482. You got it. <laughs> that's really all right. That's yeah. that's a smart answer. Since Herbert has started, they are twenty nine and twenty nine. No kidding. Since he has started, they have scored one thousand five hundred and two points and allowed one thousand five hundred and two points. Wow, bro, that's the definition of mid. If the Bills <laughs> cannot beat that team, they won't do anything in the playoffs. Well, who cares? <laughs> the Bills are just about to get their hot. You got to get the hot streak at the right time, right? At the end of the season, start to get hot, and then carry that on to the playoffs. The Dolphins and the Chargers should play in the first round of the playoffs and have a mid-off. <laughs> Actually, I would like to see that. I would like to see a Dolphins-Chargers. Because they, they did that, uh, was that week one? Was that Dolphins-Chargers? Yeah, yeah, it was. Where they, they almost and that was, that was a sloppy game. I'd like to see that again. <laughs> yeah, the Chargers, or the uh, yeah, the Dolphins just barely won that one. Jared Walker writes, extremely hot take. If this offense can take care of the ball, they can beat anyone. McDermott's D, injuries and all, is so good. Next week will be tough anyway, but much more if Jackson and or Johnson can't go. Looking our chances against KC, though. Liking our chances. It must be what he meant. Liking our chances against KC, though. Yeah, the loss of uh, Taron Johnson specifically. Dane Jackson, sure. But Taron Johnson specifically, especially against A.J. Brown. You know, next week with the Eagles, like that's a that's a tough loss. Hopefully, I don't know I don't know the seriousness of it, but yeah, I was going to ask you guys because I was in a situation where I could closely monitor that today, like with Taylor Rapp and and Taron Johnson. Do you guys have any other information on those injuries at all? Or I know it just happened a few hours ago. What were you doing? Going to the bathroom? No, just a birthday party thing. <laughs> There's no volume on the TV, so. Seriously? I mean, there was volume, but there was a lot of like... Screaming? Yeah. (laughs) A lot of other noises. So um, this is from Sebastian Fearon, PTDBT. He says, I'm just searching Twitter. He says, Dane Jackson and Taron Johnson, concussion, both ruled out. Expect one to two weeks, chance to clear protocol. But this year, most miss one game. Taylor Rapp, neck, carted off in ambulance, but was not taken to hospital and able to go home. Good sign, but TBD. So we're going to lose two corners for the next game, including our slot corner. Nickel, I guess, corner. Yeah, nickel, yeah. But still, it's it's the most important role against the Eagles, right? And Davis White is already out, so. Yeah. yeah offense, that was, offense that was has got to score 40 points, right? Like, at, at some point, they're going to have to do with it. I know. But they, yeah. barely, they barely got to 32 today because they got a whole bunch of field goals. Well, one thing we didn't, yeah. One thing we didn't mention too is the Bills took out their starters at some point. It's been a while since they've done that. Since oh yeah, time. I remember seeing Madikavich got hurt today. I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot they t- pulled some starters out, which is great to see. But the offense at some point is going to have to score a lot more points earlier on. Yes, banged up Bills says Taylor Rapp had the neck injury. Taron Johnson. Dean Jackson, the concussion, like you said, Todd Medikevich had a chest injury. Uh, Jonathan Kingsley, King, or I'm sorry, Kingsley Jonathan had a knee ankle injury. And Razul Douglas had a lower ribs uh, abdomen injury. Luckily, I think he finished the game. So hopefully nothing. Hopefully it's just like a limited thing for Razul Douglas. The whole weekend he can go against the Eagles. They'll definitely need him. 
What do you guys think the opening line for the Eagles game is? Um, Eagles definitely um, leading. John, what do you think? I'll let you go first, unless you just want me to throw something. Oh, you're like, oh, they're leading. Actually, I'm not sure. No, no, I I can't pick the (laughs) (laughs) I have to type it into Google. Hold on. Um, I'll 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 go. I'll say uh, they're favored by four and a half points. The Eagles? Yes. Eagles, four. (laughs) Three and a half. Ah, Yes! Shit. I'd go with Nate. I'm I'm surprised. Oh, it's like you have to the homer in me like ah. I was I was thinking two. I was thinking Eagles like two and a half or three, but yeah. And then you're like, oh, you got to discount that. Oh, I'm a Bills fan, and I no no bet on them every week. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a realist. This is they're two competitive teams. I mean, home team, but Eagles much more consistent. Yeah, but they've they've had, they've had flaws too this year, so. They lost to the Jets, right? They almost lost a bunch. They're like the opposite of the Bills. They've been winning all their close games, whereas the Bills have been losing. It's like the Chiefs, too. Mm, like, just the opposite, the way the ball is bouncing. Um, Anakin Skywalker, I got to read this one. He says, f- for hot takes, I think that we'll end on this one. He says, fire the OC. The Bills are done. Joe Brady walks in. What is dead may never die. <laughs> Most points versus the Jets since 2018. What a 180. My only hot take now is I have to reset my list for my airing of grievances. <laughs> it's a Festivus miracle, Bill's Mafia, turkeys and tutties. Yeah, those are looking good. It's a good way to go into the... So, guys, any any final... Wait, do you hurt all of them? You should be hurting everybody that responds to you. You're uh, No, I don't have time for that. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, everyone a, that responds or everyone this, that... This is uh, a quick, it's just a quick press of the finger as you're scrolling. Oh, scroll, I'll, yeah. press, scroll, I'll like, press. I'll, uh, jeez. You don't like all those comments. You gotta I like do. Them. I like every comment that's not like. Well, you got to do it on your on your phone, so oh. you can scroll with one finger and heart with the other finger. You're doing it on the computer. You do that. I always scroll with the same finger I heart with. You do two different ones. Oh yeah. Oh wow. You're like next level, dude. It's all about efficiency. Um, <laughs> but you can't not do some because then it looks like you're playing favorites. You know. I don't oh, think this is one that you really don't like. Right? I don't think people care as much as you think they do. I, I don't think they look at this and like, this is funny. Well, they get notified. Well, they don't get notified if other people get likes and you don't. It's only if you get a like. Right, but I'm saying like they'll get notified that, oh, neat hearted this. Oh, and they're like, more, that, they're that'll more... make anyone feel good, and it takes him like point zero zero one second. That's a good point, and then they're more apt to look you up again. Engage, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Mike's got a really good point there. It wasn't like I was just like, I'm too good to like every tweet. I just don't think of it. No, I'm not not judging. I'm not judging. I like like a lot of tweets. I'm not judging. He's just a shitty host. That's all. (laughs) And Twitter. It's just like it costs you nothing. I I try to like a lot of them, especially if they agree with whatever I'm saying. But like, I I just haven't been doing it. I'll I'll try to do it for, especially for the hot takes. How's that? For the hot takes? I'm gonna like. I'm gonna like. I mean, you're time. asking people for content. Yeah, it's. I think that's the least I could do. Yeah. Right, and and maybe even comment too. Definitely on theirs. Yeah. Uh, listen, let's not go nuts. Do some follows. Yeah. You know, follow for a follow. <laughs> cool. Cool. Any any other things that? Uh, great advice, guys. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'll give you a few more stats real quick. Uh, Floyd had two and a half sacks today. That's the most he's had in a game as a bill and the second most he's ever tallied. Floyd set his career high at three sacks 
with the Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. He is, you might look, if the Bills do end up going far, you might look at that as like, wow, like that was, that was one of the most important signings. Like Razul Douglas and Leonard Floyd, like those might have been the most important signings slash trades that the Bills have done. Allen has now tallied 206 career offensive touchdowns, um, 160 passing, 45 rushing, one receiving, setting a new NFL record for a player's first six seasons. Razul Douglas, uh, cornerback, recorded three takeaways, two interceptions, one fumble recovery. He tallied his second fumble recovery since joining the Bills, along with one last week versus the Denver Broncos. It was the second multi-interception game of his career. Khalil Shakir's 81-yard touchdown reception is the longest in the NFL this season. Wow. The entire NFL this season. We've, we're like 11 games in. That's not... <laughs> wow. Does that surprise you guys as much as it surprises me? An 81-yard touchdown is the longest touchdown reception. No. Because okay. the, the average drive starts got to be around, I mean, not average, but like a lot of the drive starts have got to be around like 25, right? Like touchback. Oh, okay, we got the 25. Yeah, that's a good point. So 75, you're automatically starting. 75 is the longest you can do. So Aside from, you know, kickoffs that don't make it that far or punt returns and things like that. But yeah. well, I think a lot of them are going to be opportunity-wise about 75 yards. It's a very mid stat for me. 81-yard touchdowns is the longest. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it that Shakir did it, but... I mean, didn't, like, Trent Edwards have a 99-yard touchdown pass? Yes, whatever. against <laughs> T.O. We were with T.O., yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Sean McDermott won his 68th game as Bill's head coach, tying Lou Saban for second most in franchise history behind Marv Levy. He's a, Marv Levy's at 112, so the Bills can get to... So he can get to... What, what is that? 17 games in a season... He is 44 behind. How many wins is that? 10 a season? He can get there in like four, four or five seasons if he stays with the Bills. Bills, Bills Mafia doesn't run him out of town. Is it gonna be... <laughs> That's going to be tough. <laughs> no, no. It's too much of a good thing. The Bills improved to 12-1 and in division games at Highmark Stadium, including playoffs since 2020. In those games, the team has posted... A plus 181 point margin. Wow. Now that's a cool stat. Buffalo's 32 points marks the most given up by the Jets defense this season. The Bills defense only allowed only 155 yards of total offense. Their fewest since allowing 53 versus New York Jets in January of 2022. Buffalo also records six sacks and four takeaways. Both the team's second most this season. They had nine sacks and five takeaways versus Washington in week two or three or whatever it was. All right, that'll be do it for stats of the game. This is this is good. Guys, uh, anything else you want to leave the podcast with? All set. Thank you guys all for listening. Again, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago, Delago Resort and Casino. Signing off for John. Are you taking Monday off? I think we should all take, uh, or not tomorrow, but like next Monday after the Eagles. If the Bills pull off the huge upset of the Eagles in a preview of the Super Bowl, we should all take Monday off. <laughs> we just started a Super Bowl preview episode right then in week 12. <laughs> so I do have tomorrow off, but not the following Monday off. So Nice. But uh, I'll, I'll, still, I'll still talk and do the podcast. You know, it's cool. Okay, good. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So signing off for John. Go Bills. For Mike. 
Go Bills, we're back on track. I'm excited for the playoffs, Nate. Me too. Me too. And for me, Nate, go Bills. We are no longer a mid-team. We're back in the winning ranks. And I look forward to the Eagles game. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. Um, well, listen, I, you, you, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it. <laughs> so, John, yeah. you can start saying mid. You can start incorporating mid now. Mid. So, like, I could say, like, mid. Like, what, what are like the other options? You just it, say, is, that's mid. Is it major and minor are the other options? Or is it just mid no, and nothing else? That's it. It's mid. Mid is just like average. You're either elite, your ass, or your mid. <laughs> there's, only three, <laughs> there's only three options. I said that again? <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. There's It's the only extremes, right? If you're like mediocre, it's just another way of saying mediocre. You're mid, right? Like you're not good. Like a C in school. Yes. Getting, a, getting yeah. a 70 yeah. something. Like the bills for the entire drought were mid Mid AF, holy shit! Well, like mid or nine. mid or less than mid, mid or worse. <laughs> that made them even more mid they by were, being a little were, less than mid. They were mid at best. Mid at best. Mid is less than mediocre because now every, you know everyone wants to excel. So like mid is like mid so. is like the drought. Bills Seven and nine wasn't than. even mid because eight and eight was mid. So yeah, they true. were always less than mid. It's like calling somebody an NPC. That's go time. <laughs> And then the is one that, time, the one time they went nine and seven and still missed the playoffs because they lost to the Steelers to the Stringers. Yeah, that was mid. <laughs> <laughs> is is do people actually call each other as an insult an NPC? Only if they want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the new yo mama like of this of this generation. Our, ours was like your mama's such a hoe or whatever, and then that would be fighting words, right? And this year, this generation, it's like you're an NPC. The guys, like, what'd you just say? <laughs> <laughs>
It's like, I just called your mama a whore. I got, I didn't really care about that. Did you just call me a fucking NPC? <laughs> a non-playable character. 